Hello, welcome to Barents and Bond Podcast, episode 106, with your host Corey and Diego Barentson. Hello, Diego. Hello. And we have a special guest, which is Tomi Kia. I worked with Tomi remotely from Japan on a six-month-plus marketplace optimization program, and our successful delivery could not have been possible without him. Under tight weekly deadlines, he uncovered incredibly valuable insights that our client was extremely pleased with and ultimately built helped us build a strong long-term relationship beyond the original scope of the project. I really admired how Tommy made sure to build up our team's analytical skills too. I vividly remember all the time he spent generously staying on calls to explain his methodology and logic in building compelling stories from our clients' data sets. I haven't come across such an efficient, talented, and generous data analyst in my projects since, says Julia. Tommy is truly a rock star data analyst, always willing to go above and beyond to help our clients. I had the pleasure of working with him closely during one of our clients' incredibly complex marketplace optimization programs. As the loan analyst for 15 different retail partner sites, oftentimes in different languages and time zones, He's a prime example of patience, dedication, and tireless commitment. A remarkable teammate, storyteller, always poking from several several angles to help our team provide valuable recommendations to our clients. I highly recommend Tommy and sincerely cannot say enough how I enjoy working with him, said Susanna. Now, who doesn't like to have their... LinkedIn recommendations read out loud. Wow, that was uh, that was something. I, I was wondering. I was like, where, where are these coming from? Okay, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's that's nice to hear for sure. Yeah, and it's and I it's very it helps me get an understanding of other people's perspectives of working with you. Obviously, it's a recommendation, but at the same time, it gets a sense of what you convey convey and you know what emotions people carry after the project because that's a big thing and. It's very, it's very cool and helps me understand kind of what you did for them in essence. Yeah. Yeah. It brought back a bunch of memories. So I was thinking, I was thinking about those projects, the 15 different clients staying up late since they were, um, you know, Southeast Asia, they were, uh, d- different time zones and trying to figure out how we can all coordinate together. Yeah. It was a good time. Yeah. I've, I'm so interested in you being a data analyst of, what that means and what you do with it is really interesting. Just this little bit of info you share with us. You're already the most interesting man in the world. <laughs> like, what is that? What, who is this guy? Very humble. You're accomplishing all these awesome things, you know, Thank very you. humbly. And it's very cool to see, you know, like, that's another reason I love doing this is we're making time to listen to you. And without it, we would never get to share everything you know yeah you, you wouldn't know like why would i bring that up and you're always waiting for i don't know why we generally wait for some sort of trigger to bring up you know subjects in normal conversation but anyways diego did you understand any of that yeah okay what'd you get that you're a data analyst and seems like a lot of people recommend working with you <laughs> Yeah. So he sent this short, beautiful breakdown of some of your interests, some things you're working on, and I have Diego read through it 
and come up with a couple cues for you. I won't release the Kraken yet, okay? but be okay. prepared. I'm training an intense interrogation tactical officer right here. All right, I'm nervous so, already. So this is tra- <laughs> I, you know, I, I won't unleash him yet. I'm just going to warm it up. You know? Okay. And I'm going to kick on the AC a little bit. Yeah. Hey, so um, I'm just going to go by like the... Um, like who, what, when, where, what, how kind of questions. I love that. Yeah, that's a great So, um, so for the first one, like, who kind of like pushed you or inspired you to like, kind of like, I don't know, just start the business like in the middle of your college. So, so my first, the first job I had. Like, um, because after I was reading, it said like that you like, um started the company at 19 yeah yeah what was like what was the reason for that so really um so i moved from austin to seattle and i moved up there to run track and play football my goal was to go to university of washington and play there and at the time a bunch of friends we all they were going to college all lived in a house in the university district and um, we were very interested in creating websites and just working on computers. So mm-hmm. that's what we'd all do as we went to school. We'd also just, we had one room downstairs where it was just wrapped around with all computers. And we'd all just sit around there and we'd work together. We weren't really great at it, but we were, we were driven to like create something. Yeah. So we were sitting there doing that on a daily basis as we went to, to school. And someone started getting interested in what we were doing as a group of eight guys. And uh, one day a guy came in and kind of just, we were like, who's this guy? He's like, oh, he's someone who owns this this pasta place, but he's interested in your business. And I'm like, okay. Because um, we were trying to create something yeah. out of it, but we didn't, we didn't have any money. So this guy came in and he offered to invest in us. So he goes, I'm going to give you a million dollars to start a business. Dang. And then we all had decisions to make. Are we going to stay in school? Are we going to start this business? And it was very, very difficult. It was a very, very difficult decision because I knew if I did that, I gave up football and track and my education at the time. And I said, you know, I talked with my parents and, you know, all of us decided we're like, all right, this is a really great opportunity. Um, it was a time when technology technology was just taking off yeah it's called the dot-com boom so there are a lot of companies and people getting um investments this is called an angel investor he's an individual investor yeah. comes in and he wants to provide um an investment and he saw something in us and he he, he decided to invest in us and that's when I, we all just started trying to figure it out yeah that's and we cool. didn't know anything. We didn't know how to get a bank account. We didn't know how to get an office. We didn't know how to do anything. It's just a bunch of um, 19 and 20-year-olds trying to trying to just create cool websites in yeah. a technology called Flash. So That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then what, like, what was your dream job like, before... Um, like, yeah. uh, the, like the guy who wanted to invest into you, like... What was like your goal like before that like to do for a living? So I wanted to go to school and I did want to get a finance degree and I wanted to work towards like a in a like a, a finance invest like someone who's who's helping an advisor 
for people's investments. So that's what you wanted to do. That's what I wanted to do. You know. Yeah. You know, before that, I wanted to be a coach or I wanted to, you know, yeah. be involved with sports. But then at that time, when I started going to college, I'm like, well, if I'm going to focus, I always want to focus on business. So if I was mm-hmm. very flexible, because you can yeah. get a business degree and then do all kinds of things with that. That's cool. And then, yeah. uh, when did you um, decide? Or like, well, you kind of already explained that, but like, uh, let's see. Where did you go to? Uh, so you went to Seattle, right? And Oops. then, how did you decide to like go there? You know, I don't know. So my buddy. He was already, he got into the University of Washington and um, I decided to go up there with him and just because we were really close friends yeah. in high school and I trusted him and I was like, well, I'll just give it a shot. Was he asking you like, do you want to come? Yeah. Or? Yeah. I'll, I'll, I could back up a little bit and tell you I, I was in college here in Texas at a, at a uh, Sam Houston State uh-huh. University and I was playing football there. And then I decided, because I didn't really enjoy it that much, to leave. Yeah. So when I left, um, that's when we decided, um, Philip and I, we're going to go up to Seattle. And then when I went up to Seattle, I tried to get into the University of Washington. But since I'd left school early and I didn't I didn't properly withdraw from all my classes, so I basically... <laughs> Yeah, I got in a bad situation. But but then I went up to a community college up there and ran track. And I was doing really well up there. And I was talking to the recruiters to get into the University of, of Washington. And we're trying to figure out how, how to get me in. Um, so that was my first stint in colleges. So I was like, same Houston State. Because um, while you're in yeah. Seattle, was your friend still at Washington University? He was at, yeah, he was at the okay. University of Washington. And I was going to the a community college there. And then... Um, then that's when we all decided to to start the business and, and yeah. put put education on hold. Different type of education. There's still lots of education in a business, but yeah. That's cool. And then like, um, I guess, like, I'm trying to think of another question. But, um, well, I guess uh, sure, for football, it says you did play. So because you went to Westlake High School, right? Yeah. And it showed you did play with your bees. So yeah. did you find out, like, when did you find out, like, I played high school football with, like, this great QB so, or whatever? Yeah, so I'm, I, when I went to Westlake, I didn't grow up in Westlake, but I mm-hmm. moved into Westlake. I really kind of moved there. I, I enjoyed yeah. football. I knew they were good. So when I got there, played on freshman, and I played on JV sophomore year. And Drew was actually on JV. So we played together on JV. That's cool. We went undefeated, and we both go up, you know, to varsity or junior years. And uh, he goes through. He gets injured his last game, his junior year. He's tore. He tore his ACL. And then the next year, he came back. Everybody's questioning whether he was going to be good or not yeah. because of his injury. And we we ran the table. We went sixteen and zero. You know, we we beat everybody. We we won state. And even then, he wasn't really highly recruited. University of Texas didn't recruit him. There weren't a lot of colleges recruiting him. Who wanted him? Right. And I think it's because of the way he his his throwing style. And then he went to Purdue, and he did really great at Purdue. And then he got he got drafted and went to the Chargers. So, I, you know, I, I kept up with him. We'd still talk through the years. And 
I knew. I mean, he he was great in the Big Big Ten. He was great at Purdue. You, you knew he was going to be somebody, but you wouldn't think like, that you played with football with someone and then he gets to that level. But it's always an inspiration to me. You know? Yeah. It's always an inspiration to see someone greater, you know, greater than any any other player through his determination and his motivation. I remember in high school, after practice, sun's going down and he's like constantly working on his accuracy. And he's one of the most accurate quarterbacks yeah. in the NFL. He was he, he he has lots of records, but that was, you know, one of them just being so accurate. So it was one of those things where um you knew that that type of determination can take you somewhere. So it's important, you know. I, I knew looking back at his, you know, his accomplishments, I knew how he got there. It was through, you know, just that repetition That's and working cool. on your skills. What was your reaction? He's like my friend went to the NFL or <laughs> You know, I think every year he kind of surprises you because he, you know what, his first couple years, he went to San Diego and then he got injured and he got a shoulder injury. Mm-hmm. And um, they're making a decision on whether to keep him or not. And they ended up trading him and they traded him to the Saints. Yeah. And then Hurricane Katrina hit and then he really got behind um Louisiana and um New Orleans and and really I think kind of propelled them in a way where it, you know there was this this tragedy you know this this um uh, hurricane but then they came back they won uh the Super Bowl and then he just stuck with it and every year he's just consistently you know throwing for whatever 5 5000 yards and however many touchdowns and you know, he wasn't he wasn't great and he wasn't born overnight. You know, it took many, many, many yeah. years of just being consistent. That's cool. So it's cool. It's always it's always nice to be like, yeah, yeah I played with that guy. And you know, and <laughs> and he, you know, I see him, you know, nowadays and he's the same guy. You know, he's a really nice person. His his wife is really nice. Um he's he's humble. You know, even though he he's had such great success. That's cool. Yeah. Um I mean that's really all I have for now, but <laughs> Yeah, you know. 11-year-old watching lots of football. It's like, what? He's like loving it. Every time I see him, he's watching some sort of YouTube highlights on yeah. football stuff. He shows me way more than I even know about. <laughs> I don't know anybody's names. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. We can, we can talk players sometime. We can talk anytime. <laughs> so you went 16-0. and 0. What position did you play? I played corner. Cornerback. Oh, really? That sweet. Yeah. That's what I played in high school. Yeah, it's a- We were not going 16-0, and 0, though. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you, Drew was on the team, but the yeah. defense was solid too. Yeah. I mean, we had a, we had, a, I think we had five shutouts for the year. Dang, what? And uh, yeah, we had, we had, we had a great squad. Um, I will tell you that in the state championship game, I ended up getting three interceptions. With that, uh, was uh, nice. This is the first time I ever wore gloves in a game. <laughs> Were you mad at yourself? I could have been wearing gloves the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I was like, Dude. oh, wow. If I would have just wore gloves <laughs> in every game, it was just. So that was fun. That, yeah. was, that was a good experience. So that that totally tracks because if you did cornerback, you're super fast. So track and field was an easy yeah. transition for you when you went up to Seattle. Yeah. And even in high, high school, I didn't, I didn't like track. I really I didn't like it. But I did it to be fast in football. But then okay. I became fast enough to 
you know, com- compete, you know. Yeah. So did you only switch to track because you couldn't get into football at that college? Yeah. I mean, I, I was, uh, yeah, I, I, I decided to, that, to focus on track. Um, I, I did really well in track finishing, but then, uh, yeah, it was easier to, to get on a track team solo and just go and just run yeah. than uh, push I for, for I told Diego the story. You, you'll appreciate this. So as a oh, quarterback, yeah. you got to have hands and speed, you know, and obviously be able to tackle, right? And I could not catch well because they tried me on offense first. Yeah. So like, That's ah, why you're a cornerback. <laughs> you can't catch, but we'll put you on defense. So yeah. I was doing fine at cornerback. And then, you know, through the seasons, then the coach, you know, the cornerback coach is like, you're not that good at defense. I want to put you back on offense, but you can't catch. And they pull me aside. He's like, look, let's let's be honest here. You're t- you're not good at football. Okay, <laughs> You're not. Okay. But, however, you're blazing fast. Yeah. He was the track and field. I was like, he's the track and field coach. He's yeah. like, I want you to be on the track yes. team. You're going to smoke your, you know, your 100, 200, maybe, you know, not the 200, but maybe 400. He goes, but I'm just saying, like, are, do you do you not care? Do you not want to be here? I'm like, hey, what is happening right now? I love this <laughs> that's game. A, that's a tough conversation like, for sure. I love this game. And I was like, he's, he's, he's right. I can't catch at all. <laughs> he's, I mean, let's be honest. I don't want to really play. Like, it's fun, but I kind of don't care. And he saw that. He's like, so then I, in that next spring, put me on the track team. I loved it. I really I really liked it. I liked bolting for eight seconds and then hanging out for three. Yeah. You know? Because you're <laughs> waiting for the next heat. You're just lounging. You're stretching for an hour, waiting. And you run for 10 seconds. Yep. And then you wait another two hours. I'm just relaxing. That was my vibe. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the sprints are easy. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not like yeah. running these long distance races. <laughs> that's what I was in. I was a sprinter. So that's, yeah, that's, that's cool. A, that's you're, you're taller than me. So when I did the 200, I don't know why you put me in the 200. So in the 200, it's typically really tall guys. Because 400, you can make up distance for time. 100, you know, you might be able to be short potentially mm-hmm. in high school. In college, you definitely need some legs to really hit it and um but so i did average in 100 in the 200 i'd run 100 i'd burn myself out and then just get smoked the last 100 yeah it's tough right and then in the 400 it'd be eh, middle of the pack but it was fun you know and i liked it and i didn't have to catch a football during track i just ran yeah it was great you know and it's in the spring it's kind of nice and cool (laughs) where was that where were you at uh what state uh, high school here i was here yeah yeah, it, I was thinking about that the other day. You know, in January, it can get cold. I yeah. remember some of those track meets, you know, 40 degrees. Some of those 30s, it's, you know. Yeah. It, so you it's spent most better of time a little bit figuring out how to stay warm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's the disadvantage of being a sprinter. You run for 10, 10 11 seconds, and then you, you got to go, you know, sit around at the track meet for the next, you know, eight <laughs> hours in the freezing cold sometimes. But, yeah, those were good days. Was it hard for you to leave, give up football because you wanted to play so bad when you went up there? Yeah. Yeah, that was, it was. Because especially if you yeah, it was, had this amazing high school time in football and then you went to the junior college, probably did, I don't know, what was that like? Probably okay. At Sam Houston? 
so Sam Houston State, uh, yeah, they we, they redshirted me and I didn't like it. So I was like, all right, um, I I I, I should have taken the red. Well, yeah, it's hard. You know, it makes you think. Like whenever different, there's a fork in the road, and I've had many many forks on the road, and I've chosen different directions. You're like, wow, what what would have happened? You know, would I be even sitting here? You know, if I stayed, I wouldn't. I I don't. I believe you. You know, there's. If I'd have stayed in Sam Houston, where would my life go? Would it go into like being a data analyst? Would it go into technology? I don't think so. You know, going up to Seattle really changed my life. And what was that? Because I am a huge proponent of leaving where you're from to grow up. Yeah. And you left. You know, you you didn't go that far when you went to Sam Houston. So part of that was you were still kind of tethered. Yeah. Until you really have that physical distance between where you're from and where you are now you can kind of open up your eyes and feel a little that little feeling of isolation and like fear but in a good way like you know it's yeah. good you know forces you to oh, I agree. test yourself and you created a company bunch of computer hackers in a room <laughs> angel investor comes down from the heavens bestows a billion dollars a million dollars to you you take it you run with it it looks like you know that dwindled at some point yeah we did it for five years yeah. five years that's awesome yeah it was amazing you, to pull that off that long at that age is incredible yeah it was wild. especially you didn't have a direct target vision of what you wanted to do you made it happen and then later went back to school yeah and ran track you weren't running track as a 19 year old like in between you were how 26 yeah i was about 26 running back. track against 19 yeah. year olds yeah that's amazing yeah, it was that's, rough. That's really cool. <laughs> you know, you sit on a computer for so long, and then you think you can go back and run sprints. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Do you think I got injured in, in one of my first meets? Um, Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you go from a sprinter in Texas to a sprinter in Washington State, and here you don't need to you don't need to warm up. You know, yeah. I mean, you do, you don't necessarily have to, if it's warm enough out, but, uh, yeah, it's like, it's another story, but yeah, <laughs> pull that hamstring. Pull it first. Meet? No, it was, um, it was, it was pretty close to one of the first meets my first year back. Cause it was a, it was an indoor meet at university of Washington and I'd already sprinted and done my, uh, my 60 meters or 55, whatever it was. And, um, and I went outside to cool down and I ran out, went outside and it was cold. And then your muscles contract like this really tight. And then I go to run my 200 indoor and I didn't warm up enough. And I just, boom, I just came out of the blocks and then and it just popped. Oh. <laughs> How many steps did you take before you fell? Uh, I was probably about ooh, 20. Oh, man. I was getting right into like, you Just know, my fifth gear. <laughs> yeah. And then it popped. And then, you know, nothing's more embarrassing than like a 26 year old guy getting carried <laughs> off. A bunch of people came and carried me off, you know. And uh, uh, then I, I spent a lot of time just rehabbing and getting back. Um, and then my next year, I did really well. But, you know, I got back to it. So you uh, had to make up for that fall. Oh, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty embarrassing. It was, yeah. It was, it was tough. It was they tough. started calling you mean names. Grandpa, <laughs> we told you not to run out here. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot of that. 
<laughs> I actually got um I got an award. I don't it wasn't that year, the next year I got an award and it was the um most inspirational. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, old guy running track. You know, now, now you look and you're like, yeah, that's super young, 26. Yeah. So it's it's all relative, like where you're at in life. <laughs> so what pulled you back here to the beautiful state of Texas? So, so you graduated, you ran your business. Yeah. So we, uh, so I went back. So in college, went to Seattle University, and that's where I ran track. And then after I graduated, I started, you know, just thinking where I'm going to go. It rains a lot up there and it's a little gloomy, it's too gloomy for me. Although I was there for almost nine, 10 years. And I came back to Austin. I didn't really, I didn't want to come back to Austin ever. But then I came back. I was like, oh, this place has changed. Oh, that's, this is, um, this is pretty popular. Everybody's liking this place. I came back and, just for, I just came to visit for about a month and then I realized I met some really cool people and, um, you know, my family's all here. So I go, okay, I'll give it a shot. I'll come back. <laughs> and, uh, maybe. Yeah, I just did it. I, you know, what's crazy is I, I left Seattle, put everything like in a pod, sent it down here, and I haven't been back to Seattle. You've never been back? No. Are you scared you'll love it and want to move back? Do the do the opposite? No, no, no. I wouldn't. I, wouldn't. I gotta. I gotta be on a on a beach or in somewhere warm. <laughs> I, I, yeah, was, I I did my time in Seattle. You put in your time, and I got you. Yeah, I'm done with with Seattle. Although you know, I I, I really want to go back. I'm gonna go back with uh, with my wife, my baby, and we'll we'll go see we'll see Seattle. Yeah, it's it's really fun. As the kids get older, you take them places you've been. It's awesome yeah. to just look. I was here. Now you're here. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Compare pictures. From yeah, those there's, experiences. there's just something about it. I don't know why you get to see it. Like you saw it at that age. Yeah. And now you get to see it totally from a different vantage point. And it's I don't know. It's just really neat. Yeah, I look forward to that. I got 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 some time before I can really enjoy that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> you have a little bit like, you know. Obviously, here I grew up here, so anywhere I take him, I could drop a story on you right now, and he's probably heard a thousand stories. You know what happened right here? <laughs> but, you know, just different. I was living a different life at that time, at that place, and then I take him, and he's having a completely new, positive, happy experience yeah. at the same place, and it's a little bit of closure for me, and it's like, ah, I'm erasing negativity and putting positivity yeah, in the same place. It. I'm like, ah. This is much better. So then the next time I see it, I have good vibes versus what was there before. Yeah, that's a good way to and look I, at it. And I, you know, I don't intend for that to happen, but it just kind of naturally seems to keep happening and it's good. Yeah. yeah and then you get to go and experience new places together. Yeah. I know you guys get to travel and go all over. So that's. We try to. I feel like we prioritize travel because it's a bigger teacher than anything i agree and i love i love that it forces you to be together you become a unit mm -hmm. again kind of when you're in your own worlds in the same place you're all comfortable doing your own things but once you travel somewhere else you all of a sudden look at it you need each other you bond tighter it's like oh we're a team now in this strange land let's let's bond while we're journeying whereas if you stay in the same place 
it's all familiar. So you, you actually drift if you stay stagnant too long. Yeah. Especially if, if you're traveling international in oh, languages you, you don't even, so. you don't yeah. even speak. <laughs> and then you're all bonded even more yeah. to like, you know, the experience those struggles together. That's always fun. Those are challenges. I like, yeah. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be traveling with the fam soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, we get we go down to Mexico, but I, I went to to Greece recently, and we didn't go. We didn't take Priscilla, but um, my daughter. Uh, but yeah, I'd like to. It'll be nice to do international trips with her. Let's see how she yeah. does. Let's see who's that. The dogs. Yep. <laughs> What's up, guys? Hello, dogs. <laughs> I guess they wanted Hello. to come in really bad. Yeah. So I got some cards here. All right. Bicycle. Do you know all about bicycle? I don't. You I don't. don't. No, I don't. You I could probably teach me something there. I read on your resume your game commissioner. I thought you'd have some intel on the bicycle <laughs> cards and why they're the uh, dominant leader. I don't. I don't. You know, the casino that I'm a gaming commissioner for, we used to have table games. Now we have, it's just slots. But even then, still, I probably wouldn't be an expert on the cards. Yeah. I know the, I know getting, some of the numbers. When you start getting into poker, were you always in, or like not poker in general, but like card games, I guess. Or are you always when did that? I? Oh, <laughs> we were we were young. I did, my my family used to have. Um, we played poker, you know, not Texas Hold'em, you know, because this was a very very long time ago. But uh, for for New Year's, we'd have these poker games mm-hmm. and the family would um we'd all come together and play cards we'd have yeah multiple tables going or no, one, no, one big one, table just one big table and oh, i always tried to get on the table you know <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah and we'd have pool tournaments my, my family is always they're you know competitive they like games they're you know there's always something going on I think every house I didn't put on there. I, I do. I've, I've played a lot of pool in my life, probably more. <laughs> oh, really? I've played a, I played a, a ton of pool. Um, we had a pool table as a kid and then my grandparents had one and, you know, cousins and everybody had pool tables. And then my father and my, my brother. Can you do loved. some cool trick shots? I probably can. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I wouldn't play with my, my, I played for a while. My dad and I played a couple weeks ago and I'm a bit rusty, but um, through many of my jobs, We'd go and, you know, when I traveled, mm-hmm. um, this company, when I worked at Yokogawa, and we traveled, we played every single night. We played pool. So oh, really? Every night? Every night when I traveled. <laughs> we get off work and we just go play pool and hang out, you know? You know, sometimes there are smaller towns where there isn't much to do. So, yeah. But, yeah. In, in, um, but the poker is something I've, I've, I've just... I've just enjoyed the challenge of it because it's yeah. it's a game where you're looking at each individual person and you're trying to think through what possible cards they have when they bet, how do they, why do they bet a certain way. You start picking up a lot of the data analysis skills, data analyst skills mm-hmm. come into play whenever you're you're looking at each individual and you're trying to process frequency and how much do they bet how often do they bet when you look at them are they doing something different than yeah. any other time so it's really like a, a so game you just of, start tracking all the behaviors because obviously you can't know their cards but you can track their mannerisms 
and like you're just calculating data frequency. And, like frequency of like oh Mostly frequency. this happens when if this then like if then situations for each person yep and if um so he, if you smile really big when you have a good hand that's your tell or if you rub your elbow when you're nervous because you're you cover your mouth fake, or you know you look it's away. called a tell like if someone does something for example sometimes when people lie they'll do a certain thing repeat they'll do one thing before they tell a lie yeah. And you can know it's called a tell or if they're faking. So if they're going to fake like, oh, I'm putting all this money in the pot, but I don't have anything. They're going to try and fake everybody. They might do something that you've recorded in your mind. Oh, he always like twitches his thumb or something You're like, oh, he did the thing. I'm going all in because he's lying. It's risky, you know, yeah. I mean, trying to like <laughs> find a tell on someone. I, 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 Did you go that far? Is it more I'm like, like great. Just hard stats? Like, oh, he bets yeah, it's here. More, yeah, he's... yeah. It's more frequency of uh, you put people in ranges. So if you keep track of each person and you try to figure out how many times they bet, if if you're betting less frequent, frequently, then there's a higher probability that you're only playing really good cards. So you put them on a range, a really tight range and say, okay, they only play these types of cards. If they're playing every single hand, then their range is very wide. So then you can say, well, you know, they're not going to win the, most of the time because they're playing bad cards. And, you know, you try to figure out, you're like, okay, I'll play against a guy that, you know, is who has a bad strategy, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to play against the guy who you think is playing, you know, the right way or the proper way or, or you know, a way that can can beat you more frequently so just by being more cautious yeah yeah so you you have to pick your spots and be very 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 patient that's good that was one of the first games i taught diego is poker 21 we did a lot of hearts and spades when we went camping more hearts just because it takes longer you know to eat up some time when you're camping yeah but they yeah but they picked it up really, you know, sometimes with a longer card game. You know, poker, it's pretty quick unless you pace it out with betting. Mm-hmm. But when you're playing without betting, it's it's like a three-second game, maybe yeah. maybe a minute. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny how uh, without betting, it's so fast. As soon as you add all these mental gymnastics and hurdles, now you've slowed the pace down. And it's all about staring at each other. <laughs> <laughs> talking but kind of listening more than that like how do you run that part of your i'm pretty conversation i i don't i don't um i don't know if i get a really big stack of chips in cash there's there's two different types of ways of playing poker there's a cash game there's tournament um there are two totally different strategies and how you you know in cash games you can always put money back in and buy chips in a tournament once you lose all your chips you lose all your chips you know okay you're out of the tournament so um, you know, you play you play them a little bit differently in how your strategies are. But in a cash game, if I have a bunch of chips, I tend to be uh, more talkative. And um, if I don't have like as on many, purpose to get them to get distracted, yeah, I don't know why. I get, I get just get uh, just more comfortable. You know, if you're winning, you know, and then then it's uh, it actually once that happens, I tend to you know just win more. And I don't, I don't know if it's the stat, you know, the amount of chips I have and people going after me. I don't change my strategy. It's just, you know, it's a little bit easier. But I don't, I don't typically I don't like to talk too much. 
because then it gives information and and uh, it distracts you from like focusing on the players and trying to calculate like certain situations. But um, but yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a fun game just because it's you know. What's the yeah. longest you ever sat at a table mm. or played for a single day? So I played online back in 2022 and I played for 25 hours straight. It was a tournament that went that long. 25 hours. <laughs> it was a, it was, it was a long, long tournament. Whoa. Um, started early and it went you know there were breaks but it was a long do they do and they were back then they didn't have it's different they didn't have the breaks that they have now um but so that was online and then this last year i went to vegas um to play in an event and i played one day for 14 hours whoa so that was that was rough that's Um, a long did it feel like it was 14 hours it felt like 14 hours (laughs) You know, it's it, you just have to have the the patience and drive and and really desire to be there. Um, you have to be so focused. You have to be focused for that long. And then, so I, that was one day, and then moved on to the second day of the tournament and played another like six hours and got knocked out. Whoa! But Were you it, happy with how long you lasted? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I cashed. I did well. Um, nice. It was. It was. You know. I would have loved to have gone a lot further, but uh, I just, I just had such a good fourteen hours of playing. I had so many good cards. I did really well, and then the next day I got nothing. So, you know, you, you, then you're sitting there just going, "Well, you have to change your strategy a little bit." Well, you know, you don't have to have great cards to to do well in poker. Mm-hmm. You, know, you can, you you should have a, a, you know a strategy built in there where you're not requiring because then you're you, know, you have then, to, you're, like, then your whole life's depending on your whole game's depending on cards not your skill yeah exactly so that's where you try to come but it, it's a lot easier to play with great hands you know do uh, yeah so it was the next <laughs> day i had nothing and, and if your chip stack is a certain uh size you can't make moves because you're risking a higher percentage of your stack so uh without getting details it's, you, you just you're kind of locked into like okay well i have a shorter like stack so I only can play good cards and have to make moves and yeah, it was good though. I I, I enjoy it. it as could you do it? Oh, actually, do you want to do that for your birthday? A bunch of poker tables, four hundred dollar buy in. <laughs> there you go. You know, <laughs> That's you, a big one. You know, <laughs> yeah, it'll be a sleepover. You hang out. <laughs> you can do you can do five twenty dollar games. You know? yeah. That'd be fun. <laughs> now that now the reason I ask is because I have one friend, his brother exclusively plays poker mm-hmm. full-time yep it's his job or he's made it his job yep five days a week eight-ish six to eight hours a day at the tables is he here in austin no he's uh where does he live i can't remember where he lives i think california i think one of the casinos there but i when he told me i'm like what that how so many questions. How, and here's a here's a silly one. How could you do the same thing every day? Right. That's a silly question, because we all do the same thing every day, more or less. This right? one's different. This Tell one. Ex- expand because this. when I hear, I'm like, oh, 
well, I don't want to sit down all day. You know, I stand up even to work most of the time. But even still, like, how do you focus on me- all this game like you just explained? How can you do go through that every day, all day? So I've, I, I, you know, I, I've, I've thought about it. Should I try to be a professional player? Should, oh, really? Is that something I would want to do? And I played enough. I played enough poker where I know that, you know, in anything you do, you should have some level of understanding that that, that thing, is it scalable? Does it require you, if you're making money, how much, you know, you, you can scale up and make a lot of money playing poker, but then you're kind of stuck in you, you're, you're required to, to sit there at that table and, you know, generate money doing that. And there's nothing creative about it. You know, there's not much flexibility in the game. And the people on poker players aren't the most fun people to be around, to be honest. <laughs> You know, so it's, it would be very difficult. I can do it and I enjoy it and I'll, I'll, it's like a a nice hobby, but you're not really going to grow much as a person if you sit there on a poker table and you play all the time. Because you're essentially trying to achieve the same thing every day instead of stretching your mind. Yeah. It's just challenging yourself with new situations because it's what I'm guessing it's a, the same all the time. It's the same. More or less same situation. Yeah, you go in the same room, same people, same conversations. Maybe you watch TV over and over. It's not a way, you know, for me, you know, I I, th- I think there's other ways. There's other ways that I want to make, you know, have different ways of, of you know, making money. Or yeah. Because that's what it comes down to. That is all about you're trying to make money. And it's not, and the great thing about business is there's, there's all types of creative ways that yeah. you can use your mind to do things. You know, poker's fun, but it's a challenge. Like if you play a tournament, you're like, I want to win that tournament. That's your goal. That's okay. Go play to win that tournament. And then you feel good about it. You know, oh, this accomplishment, I went through 2000 people. I was first, but you know, only doing that as a career could be just limit you and like how how many other things you know when i say a poker table i don't i don't necessarily think all these individuals have that many options you know and the beauty of doing different things in life is it gives you flexibility to have different hobbies and mm-hmm. yeah I, I love the game it's just not. yeah yeah <laughs> that's exactly what i was saying i was like first i'm like man that sounds I, I wouldn't want to do it. I'm not good enough to play that long. But it also same thing. I want to be around. I want to have some fun and laugh and talk and not be, oh, did I just tell a joke and, and laugh at it? Now I messed up. Now I'm distracted from my meth, my whatever tactic I'm using to try to win the table or this yeah. round. Like, oh, I just enjoyed myself and that messed up my game. Yeah, and I don't want that don't to want be to... part of the equation. Yeah, some you know? people don't want to have fun at the table, you know, and sometimes I'm like that, you know, you're in yeah, there and you're like all you're, business, I mean, you're, you know, you gotta be, it sounds like you really yeah. want to push through. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It's a fun hobby, but it's not, not anything. There's, there's more interesting things to do in life for sure. So tell me, why do you love the internet? 
and data? Because it gives me an opportunity to learn every single day. Every single day, I feel like I learn something and I'm just a couple different searches away from something entirely new. Mm-hmm. And uh, even with like being a data analyst, uh, it's not, did I go to school for it? No. I had to drive. To, like I, I, I wanted to learn how things work through data. You know, like why, why did these changes, what happened with the website and people going on it and moving around and navigating and clicking? Like, like, what did that mean? I mean, I understand if there's, you're trying to like drive more revenue and you're like, what, you know, this is, this is the changes you make to the website. But, you know, I, I like to go down the path of trying to understand them. So I think as, as I've been just involved with the, the web for so long Mm -hmm. is always just wanting to know more and wanting to know more drove me, you know, not just that you learn through, you know, every types of search you do online, but then it drove me to being a data analyst just because I'm like, Oh wow, I can have a career where I'm constantly asking questions and then finding the answers, which is pretty much the perfect job. I don't know. For me, I I love it. It's like, you know, it's a, it's a crazy impressive skill. So if we really break it down in my, Head. So you're analyzing data from broad data sets and consolidating the, this massive amount of information, maybe on one or two areas or ranges that you're focusing on. And then you, I would assume, distill it down to where you've looked at all of this data and you can come to whoever and say, this is what all of this means or all of these different points of view and these different measurements could mean this or this yeah that's a very impressive skill for example if i you know i listen to health researchers who study multiple meta-analysis read tens and dozens of papers and then they take all of this massive amount of data and say what does all of this mean is there a common denominator that's aligned through all these studies and then they break it down for me in 30 minutes where you know they spent a hundred hours finding this out, whereas if I read all the same stuff, I probably definitely wouldn't come to the same conclusion. So, or podcasters that listen to all these different sources and then say, "Oh, I'm hearing twenty different versions of this one thing that mean this singular point of view. It's being said twenty different ways, which triggers." emotions up or down but here's what all of this is that it's meaning the same thing mm-hmm. it's like translating that you know we constantly hear like oh data is the mountain that everybody's going after it is what is just growing and growing data centers are growing en mass. it's weird to know that anything you own digitally is in probably a hundred different places if not more in servers across the world it's just storage units that keep growing that aren't going to go away we're going to keep feeding these storage units and putting more racks of storage to keep copies of this picture i took of homework or that you submitted to your homework that will live in infinite infinitum (laughs) right yeah and i think you know you wonder you're like well where does the data analyst sit in all this you know because look shouldn't the computer be able to tell the whole entire story because it has all the data and you know 
a lot of my work is taking my own personal experience from all different types. So like you have this business sense as a person and all your life experiences through data you looked at and, you know, things you've already solved for. And you, you know, you recall those situations and you have your intuition to say, uh, is this, do I get a feel, a good feel of this is, you know, right or wrong? And, you know, it saves you time and in, in not going down paths that, that might be, um, you know, you're like, well, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to explore that because I know through my own experience that that's something that's, you know, not really going to turn, you know, make the analysis any better. So, so what may, what? What in your personality makes you a good data analyst? What 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 skill or inherent quality do you have that is maybe in your opinion needed to be a good one as a you know like a personality trait? For example, yeah. you know my job I sit in a dark room and listen to maybe nothing or calm music, and I can stay in that dark room and color a show for hours and hours. But bring anybody else into that situation, and they're pulling their hair out. Yeah, you know. Yep. So I have to just have a calm sense of I can sit and be calm and focus, and that's a skill, I guess. You know, a quality that's needed for my job, but for you, like if Diego says, "Okay, I need to read all these forty books for my English paper, and I need to break down a paper, and I need to analyze all this these two books, and I need to do a four paragraph paper." Yeah. And then he's like, how am I supposed to say all of these things on four paragraphs? Right? That's a version, in my opinion, of analyze. You have all this information and you need to consolidate it yeah. down. Is that? I think you have to be, that, you have to be inquisitive. So you want to answer the question. And I think it's important to start in an area where you're very interested in whatever the topic is. So let's say it's, it's football and you're like, well, I really enjoy football and I want to, you know, figure out like who are the best receivers, you know, in the game. You're like, well, what are, what are all the data points I can piece together to tell the story? In my, my mind, a data analyst is a storyteller and you want to come back and someone's, they give you a question or you come back with a story of, of, how to answer that that question. And the way you answer that question is going and finding different data that helps support that. Mm-hmm. How many games has this receiver played? How many yards does he have? How many receptions does he have? How many drops does he have? What teams does he play on? Um, you start figuring all these out and then you go back and you look and you look at a list of all that data of all this all of those different metrics. You're like, oh well, this guy has the most here and he has the most touchdowns here and um, you kind of piece it all together and you can say okay well the top five receivers are this this and this and the reason they are is because he's most receiving yards most receptions and most touchdowns and this is the one I think is the best because this you know they you know have the most wins and they're, they're the best team and he's a, you know a reliable receiver and then you tell a story and then you go okay, this is who I recommend as being the person that you know you draft for fantasy or something, you know? So, I mean, you, you can take, you know, analysis in so many different ways, you know? And, and I think it's, if you, if you're interested in it, um, it's, a, it's also important to have kind of a high level view 
um, of, of things. You, you want to kind of piece together like structurally to build up the story. Sometimes, you know, you might get stuck too deep in the weeds of whatever it is, but you have to kind of bring the level up to like go, okay, how does this in big picture, like how do so all you these start things... with the big picture first to know, okay, this is my end target. I want to find out. Yeah. Like yeah. a hypothesis. Yeah, you definitely want to. Yeah, you want to start there. Um, I I tend to when someone asks me so at work if they ask me to do a, an analysis on something, um, a lot of times actually it's it's through like exploratory data um, gathering. So if you have a bunch of data available, um, let's just say it's a website and you're like, what's going on? We feel like we're we're losing visitors to the website. Like, okay, we're losing visitors to the whole entire website. Why is that happening? And then you have to start breaking down a visitor and how did they come to the site? Where did they go? What did they do? Was there friction? Did Was there a problem? Did we release a piece of code that broke something? And then that created a bad user experience. And then, you know, that user experience created a high bounce rate and people started leaving and then Google maybe affected our Google rankings. So maybe the rankings are instead of like first page or first couple search results, we're down at like 10 or 20 and you're like, Oh, well, you know, all these things happen to affect our, our search ranking. And that's why we're declining in the number of visitors to the site. So you're trying to piece all these things together and you're like, well, you know, uh, a lot of it, you have to just be open to continuously dig and explore, but you always have that high, like, you know, high level view of kind of how all of it fits together. And but definitely have that inquisitive nature helps you keep questioning. Yeah. For example, Diego, what's it, what makes a terrible website when you're like, ah, this is weak. I'm out of here. Mm, Child is like, growing up with the internet. It's mm, a good question. I like, uh, lag um Ooh, that's great that's a great answer and like unclear like things to click on like if it's like i don't know, like some shopping website you're trying to click on cart it's taking too long or it like glitches or something you mm. know and that's a, that's yeah there's like i mean there's a ton of things that could be is like, there a layout like, that as soon as you see it you think this is weak is there something that you see i mean Maybe sometimes, like, I mean, I know for a lot of people, like, like first-hand, like, glances or whatever of the website can just depict if if they're going to like it or not. You know, like, if it's I think blurry is pictures a, or whatever, you know, like, people might be, like... I was giving no, some feedback this yeah. week at work about something yeah. like that. Very, I mean, those are very, very similar comments. There's a, we, we had a, on desktop, we had this big image, and it's very clear. But when you scale it down to mobile, it's very blurry. Uh And it's the first thing. There's a thing called above the fold. And above the fold is the first thing you see. So above the fold is important because, you, like you said, you get that first reaction. Is there something there that's unclear? Did it take a long time to load? Is the image blurry? And then that's when you have a bounce. You're someone that just leaves. So bounce means you say, weak, I'm I'm out of here. That's a bounce. And that's a negative thing. Well, it's not always a negative thing, um, but you know, most of the time, if, most of the time it is. Yeah, 
So it's, what would be like a positive thing out of that? So a positive thing out of a bounce. Sometimes um, you have like a, a blog article and someone reads the whole entire. So a bounce would be if someone comes to the site and they don't go to another page. And they, that means they bounce. But you could read a whole entire blog article and you could bounce and you could leave. But that person spent 10 minutes reading the entire blog article. And then they came back a week later because they said, oh, you know, in this blog article, we're talking about the specific product that we think would help you in your business. And they later recalled that that, that article and they came back. So okay. even though they left and they didn't visit that one time, you want to look at the whole user Like what do they journey. really do? Yeah, you know? Did they come back? You know, how many times did, did they come back several times and then purchase? So you can't just look at one visit. You have to kind of look at the combination of many like visits. the whole time. Yeah, the, the whole story behind like, yeah. what this user did. A user journey, essentially. Yeah. That's cool. Do you have a question for a child that's grown up with the internet? What his version is like is amazing to me is because he'll find things. Or anybody. This I'm, for, I'm easily amazed if you haven't noticed. But <laughs> if you go anywhere, even in the same house with people you know and you live with if you said okay free time everybody here's the internet right Mm -hmm. they will all do something different right if you now i'm at a restaurant and i see a hundred people and i said okay everybody's looking at their phones off and on chances are these hundred people are looking at a hundred different things and then you keep going. Okay, neighborhood, city, da da da. The fact that anything bubbles to the top that's regularly revisited is one impressive to me. But the second thing is that e- even like your spouse that you live with, you're gonna look and be interested in totally different things forever. And I don't know why that's amazing to me. It's just like it's so rare when you do find a, a niche or somewhere people are, are are reading or listening to the same thing. You're aligned in a very weird digital way. And going even further, which is strange, I know, because as data and internet, it's all interwoven and we believe it and trust it as far as, yeah, that's a human typing a thing that's creating it. You're sharing a video that's created with the phone. Even, if, even still... All of this is on belief, right? It's a weird thing to say, well, I want to go. I've seen these pictures of this place or I've watched these videos mm-hmm. of this cool vacation spot. And then you, it's like you want to go there to see if it's real in a weird, you know, it's real, but you, I need to see this thing for, sure. for myself with my own face. <laughs> it's, it's a weird disconnect. To where, you know, that whole understanding of, oh, well, you can just do a Zoom with people. I could, we could have done a Zoom conversation. Not the same. Yeah. It's a thousand percent not the same. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You, there's a, there's a, what do, what do you call it? What's that? Uh, there's a term like something, the, the, I don't know what it is, the peer of the glass or something, where that disconnect of physical electromagnetic connectivity from being a person or seeing a real place. It's just a lot like it's mm. you're you're like ninety percent yeah, but part of you is like eh, I want to see it. For and that's strange. So when you go to a website, 
how believable is that I buy that this thing is legit is a weird thing mm-hmm. that you have to create when someone sees. As soon as I, now people are like, as soon as I go to that site, I need it to look awesome now or I'm out of here because they have, you know, there's better stuff available. So if you see anything that is not up to par, basically, of what people expect, it's like, oh, if I see a website made like an accountant website, they haven't got a lock on accounting websites. They all look terrible, look like they're from 1980. How do you have a horrible account? How do you have a terrible website still? Right. It's weird to me when I see like, attorneys. I'm like, oh, attorney yeah, oh, attorney. Attorneys. Oh, come There's on. There's like some of like what I mean by like some of the first glances. Like if someone can already tell, it's like it's a block. It's all square. Everything's a square. Everything's a block, a rectangle. That like even if the website's not like fonts. Yeah, like even if the <laughs> yeah, website's yeah. like not laggy at all or nothing that none none of that, a person will probably still leave because they're like, you know. And sometimes you you really need their information on that site and you'll call them that's why it's like it's not a website user experience you're if just, you're just like browsing around no one's gonna like really yeah. stay on it you yeah. know but so to to, to 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 go back to the question of um i guess how diego sees the internet right and uh you can you can apply a couple things into data analysis there okay uh through and you actually did it as you're describing everyone and everything. But when you you have this down here, you have a why. And you have um, what, when, where in the middle. At the top of that is who. And the who, you can break those into different segments. So when you're analyzing data and analyzing a situation, you want to know the who. And you want to know the who you're, you know, you're, you know, how old are you? 11. So you're 11. You're, you're a boy. You're in Austin. You like these different activities yeah. and you can, we can say, okay, this is, this You start to describe who you are. Are there, you know, so how are there different segments inside of there? Is it because, you know, you're 11 or is it because you're a boy? Is it because you're in Austin? Is it because of these interests? That might define, and what's the internet to you? Is the internet a website or is it an application? Is it just being able to connect to people? So when, when you asked about a website, I was thinking, well, what does Diego think about the internet? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the internet to him? It's, a, it's his phone, typically, probably, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, you can't have desktops and, and laptops. And when you connect to the internet, do you think of a website or do you think of an app. So what are, what are like the top three, you know, my question, I guess to you is like, what are the top three apps that you use? Cause, mm-hmm. um, I know I don't necessarily analyze websites where 11 year olds are coming and visiting. <laughs> um, cause they're business, you know, yeah, you know, websites, but I'm curious. Yeah. So what, what are the, what are um, the, what's the internet to you? I don't know. Like sometimes like most of the time I try and use it like, he kind of uses it more of like, um, it's like more of a tool instead of a toy, you know. And I try to like take that into my own per- like thing, and like um, so most of the time, like you know, on computers and stuff, I have like I don't know, I'm doing research for like school projects okay. or stuff, yeah. you know, 
or when I'm just on break, I'm scrolling through YouTube or whatever, you know, but, um, I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, I do use it, like, a lot with, like, games and other stuff, you yeah, know, but course. at the same yeah, time, yeah. when you do it's... need it, really, it's there for literally, like, whatever you need, you know, but, um. Do you feel you learn more from, like, reading a website or on YouTube watching a video? Um, for me, like, I'm more of, like, a, I, most of the time, not all the time, but I need to, like, see things to really understand it. So, like, if I'm doing a math problem or something, I mean, I need someone to, like, do an example of not the problem I need to answer for, but of another thing that I can understand what I'm doing versus if I'm just reading a sheet of paper. Yeah. You know, so that's why, I mean, like, articles will help, but, like, if I get to see, like, on a video, like, the pictures or the video or the videos or whatever that will probably help me understand it a little more you know i but. call youtube youtube university 100 <laughs> percent. because you know if you don't know you're like oh you know, yeah. i'm working on my car or i've got something you know at the house i'm working on and i'm like oh, if i can just find this thing and then find a video and like oh that's how it's put together oh yeah. that's how you it's, it's it's important to see things and have other people um, walk through an example step by step of how to do it yeah he yeah. learned how to edit one of his friends started editing on their phone or you could do it on the tablet and then all of a sudden he's making all these edits with you know obviously use your fingers when you're on your phone or your tablet yeah and we're used to living on a mouse you know to edit anything together he's like oh I just threw this together add this music trim this shot on a phone there you go on a phone and wow. then you bust it out I'm like wow that's really cool yeah. You know, to learn it that fast, it's that intuitive. That very complicated yeah, thing to do. And, and uh, it just, they just made it intuitive. He understands and can, he's seen videos for his whole life. You know, it's like, oh, I know how when something feels like it's playing too long or too short. And he mm-hmm. can pace things because he's seen so much video. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like most of my friends, I've got it. So um, most of my friends use the, editing app on like their phones most of the time i mean they might do it on their tablet at home or whatever but i see a lot of them have it on their phone it's like a cap cut and Mm. basically um one of my so basically all my friends are like do like sports edits most of the time so they post on tiktok and stuff so i get to like watch like how they do it and stuff and then um i'm kind of like well i've seen it so much i want to try it myself you know so then i start like experimenting with it and, like, I don't know. I, I find it kind of cool when it be, like, my living or anything. But, like, just for, like, if I have spare time, I think it would be. Yeah, you can have those yeah. hobbies. Because then you learn from it and maybe yeah. apply it somewhere Because most of the time, they didn't really. They, I mean, they would kind of, like, teach me a little bit. But most of the time, it's like, what does this do? What does this do? You know, mm-hmm. like. But, um, yeah, so that's all. So, would you say TikTok is your number one app? Uh. Well, the editing app I use is, like, CapCut, but they all, like, post, like, sports edits. And even Mm. if it's not sports, they'll record it, like, like of, like, the the actual space instead of, like, screen recording a video. It's, like, they'd actually record then, like, ad effects and stuff. But, like... I meant, like, if you have free time, what's your go-tos? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I'll do, like, football edits or whatever. You know, I'd find a video on YouTube, then, like... So, YouTube add effects or whatever you know youtube versus I wonder, we can always look on our phone it has all the analytics there yeah <laughs> it tells us how many hours we spend and how much time we spend on each app at least mine does <laughs> yeah no it's 
Yeah. It's hard because it's needed for so many things. At the same time, you also need to not have it at times. It's a you need both. We need it because it's awesome. I've learned more from YouTube than any other place. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. Anything I'm going to read or research, it's obviously I'm not going down to the library anymore. (laughs) You know, and that's a good skill. He can research and dig. And I'm constantly trying to find the balance. It should be fun. It should be where you know how to search on it and find what you need. How to search quickly to find what you need is also a skill that's tough. And as he gets older, the more things I don't understand, especially with homework, how to craft a proper search to find the random person who put the video that shows you how to do this thing. Thank you, random people, for doing the boringest videos that are really needed at random times. Yeah. Is, you know, every time I, you you know, whatever, changing a socket out of your outlet in your wall, uh, you know, I've never done a 40 amp. I found some dude in new jersey in his basement one time like you're gonna do this here's the part and i'm like yes this dude was like i'm gonna make a video the worst video quality wise but information was was essential you can be a hero real quick you can can make a horrible looking (laughs) terrible sounding video that has quality information and i've noticed when i listen to all the youtubers i listen to since more since the pandemic is I'm hearing all of these different voices, different inflections, different accents. And I noticed in the beginning that I had these assumptions for no reason. Like, Oh, you sound like this. I'm going to listen to you this much weirdness. And over time I'm listening to only the information. And then I come to find it wow, each person has this very valuable information. If I can get over the weird hurdle of getting used to a different voice or a different way someone speaks. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this, but it took me a while to get over that to where now I can listen to inf- information and not have so many barriers, you know, barriers of, yeah, yeah. of you know, internal blocks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just like he goes to a school where they, they are teaching the same things in different ways in different classes. So they'll, they'll approach it from different ways mm-hmm. because I think they've known or learned. Sometimes it's that certain person that told you the same thing that you've heard a hundred times. And you're like, oh, of course, that makes perfect sense. When the other 99 people say, I told you that, yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it's, you know. That's how as, the internet feels. As, well, as a tool, it's... <laughs> It's a place where, you know, you can ask now. There's just so much information there where you can ask pretty much any question and you'll get your answer. And it is important to know how to ask the question to get whatever you're trying to figure out. You know, everything I've learned with my job, not everything, but, you know, I guess probably. I mean, I didn't go to school to, to, to do any of the stuff I, you know, I do in terms of analysis and, uh, it's just through searching and, and constantly mm-hmm. it's just it's the best tool I can, you know, think of to you can always go and do I did do some courses, but I've always kind of found YouTube or found other ways to, to, to learn. So what's some data set that we are not you know, paying attention to that you think is important? 
Mm, that's, a, that's a hard question. Let's see. We're not paying attention to... Um, so people are, you know, society is paying attention to this a lot, but nobody's really analyzing what effect that's going to have in the short term or the long term or what's happening habitually or repeatedly that is not being paid attention that maybe you notice like, oh, there's this this wave of, of behavior is happening and I don't think enough people are noticing that mm. that's good or bad. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. So uh, I guess in the data I look at, I think location data is pretty interesting and in how things, you know, like when I'm looking at, at businesses across all of the, the country, maybe it's, I don't know if this answers your question, but I, I think it's, it's, it's very interesting to see how larger cities kind of act the same in a lot of ways. And then more rural areas are more similar. So you're like, Regar I, <clears throat> like regardless of where they are in the yeah, country. Yeah. A lot of times you're like, you can kind of count on big, you know, big cities to kind of act the same and smaller cities to be, you know, you know, it's just the different types goes, maybe it goes back to the who, like, why do you think that is? Uh, do you think it's a, you know, like a, not a certain, not total survival mechanism, but in effect of, you know, if I want to survive in a tiny town, I need to align with what's happening there to get help and get what I need. Kind of, you know, if you know the whole tribal, if I join a tiny tribe, I need to assimilate and learn and adapt and do what they do for literal survival. Mm -hmm. And then you take that mindset. Okay, now I'm in a it's, yeah, town. I, I need, I need to, I need to have the same mind because I need to. If I'm totally outside of how and what people are doing to get by and move up or get attention or be be noticed or whatever, do you think it's just a hive mind? It might be. Like, I mean, there's go? just more like-minded people in those areas, and that's why you know they've either stayed there or moved there, and you know they've they have just similar ways of um kind of just living their lives but yeah it's a good question i'm not, I'm not entirely sure <laughs> so what was your seventh what was seventh grade you like um, this is seventh grade diego yeah I'll, I'll tell you i don't know if we want to go down that. let's go let's go uh, i don't know you're kicking windows down oh. you're fighting in the streets yeah yeah it's pretty bad you're cutting your tails <laughs> off cats I was pretty bad in seventh yeah? grade. Yeah. What was going on? Oh, uh, you know, I. Uh, you rebelling against. I was something? rebelling. I you probably wanted attention. Um, I got in a lot of fights. A lot of fights. More of protector than you know, bully. I mean, I was always. If I saw something I didn't like, if I saw someone treating someone a certain way, I was always there to kind of stand up for them or get involved. But then I also just kind of rebelled overall and was a real pain to my teachers. And I actually got, I got, I got um, kicked out of eighth grade and I what? had to go to an alternative school. So then I had to go to an alternative school and, um, you know, I just got in, got in trouble too many times in middle school. Then in ninth grade, I I got in trouble again for fighting, and then I got kicked out of school. 
for ninth grade. Yeah. Did you go back to the That's when I went to Westlake. In 10th grade. In ninth grade. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of it is not having a certain amount of energy and not knowing where to place that energy. And that's why I enjoyed sports because I took that same energy where I didn't know how it was displaced. I didn't know how to, to channel it. And I, I channeled it through repetition of something over and over and over and over. And that's how it became fast. And that's how it became, you know, good at football and trying to excel in, in the things I did, you know, sports wise. You know, I knew I had this energy inside of me and I had to, it wasn't the way I, I'd used it in middle school and, you know, the beginning of my ninth grade year wasn't right, you know. So and, you just didn't have a, a positive way to funnel that energy. Yeah, yeah. You know, we were just talking about the other day because Diego found some videos. What are those dudes doing? They were the Kia uh, robbers. What is Kia it? Kia boys. Have you heard of this? Uh-uh. It's tell, like in, tell them what in this Milwaukee, is. these like, like, it's, like, they're not all really together, but, like, hundreds of kids are basically, like, just, like, jack- like hijacking, like, cars, mainly, like, Kias and Hyundais, <laughs> and basically they're Whoa. just, they don't get paid for it, and they're, like, saying, like, we're not too worried about going to jail because it's only, like, three weeks for that, so basically they're not getting paid, they're doing it for fun, just going on joy rides with it. Here and in the U.S.? Like, no, yeah, in Milwaukee. So I, I think that's what I heard. But they're, yeah. So they're making videos of themselves wearing what ski masks? Yeah. Jack, they're jacking cars, joyriding, and parking them, or and or crashing them yeah. and posting it. It right? wasn't that bad. Now, <laughs> I use that as an opportunity to say, okay, let's first look at all of it. These kids are smart enough to start a car, hijack, and wire a car or however you start the new ones now they're smart enough to steal a car to drive it to post it to ditch it most of them not getting caught okay let's let's say that's intelligence okay they have a lot of energy they're very smart they're working together they're they have no positive way to use all of these skills they have Mm -hmm. because they have no mentor they have nothing to aim this positive you know this energy at and when you're young and you have energy and you want to do something, you're going to you're gonna do something. Right. We don't know if it's going to be good or bad. And I was like, you know, if they just had a positive role model, these kids would be doing something awesome. You know, they're doing something bad. He's like, it was almost, I know you know it's bad, but it was almost a like, I mean, is it that bad kind of face? Not terribly, but I said, okay, just imagine someone got your go-kart that you worked for you work on you care about you paid for you dedicate your time to and they just stole your go-kart at night and then there's a video of it of someone crashing your car and laughing the next day how would you feel like obviously it's like you would feel terrible mad angry right you can't just go buy another car tomorrow you know so they just go like yeah, when you're young, you know, I don't, it's like trying to look at it both ways. There just needs to be more positive role models or angle this energy. I don't know if there's anybody going to round up the Kia boys, but 
<laughs> for <laughs> a minute, you know, my last name's Kia, so I was going, oh, man, oh, yeah. did y'all guys find so, a story about yeah, me so, somewhere? So on this? it's totally spelled K-E-A. <laughs> <laughs> the car, not the yeah, last yeah, yeah. name. Yeah, yeah that, makes, that makes sense. Yeah, it's a, you know, unfortunately, it comes down to you are who you hang with, you know? I mean, if uh, if you're around kids that, that don't have a good direction and they, they, you know, they start doing bad things, typically everybody just kind of follows, you know, and you gotta, you gotta be around good, good kids that have um, fun hobbies and things that you're interested in and that you can kind of work together and, and have fun. But, you know, I, I wish, I wish when I was that age, that it was a little bit different for me. It, it definitely created, um, fight or flight type of mentality with me you know i i don't i don't i come out you know i feel like i'm I'm willing to face adversity because i had it when i was younger um it's it's a hard way to learn i don't know (laughs) yeah and then when going to westlake there was just a whole nother mentality of the kids there was it hard it was to not fight people when you got to the new school being the new kid since you I got in two fights. Before. I got in two fights there, and that was it. I know it sounds like you're like that's a just lot of two. fights. Yeah, just two. <laughs> I mean, but you... I mean, there were uh, a lot, you know, as yeah. a kid. Uh, but then uh, it just it just was different there, you know. When you meet someone there, they would like really shake your hand. Um, it was different the way we all kind of interacted. And I, I, I actually didn't I didn't talk to anybody my freshman year. I didn't talk the whole time. I said, I'm here on a mission. I'm going to be great at track and be great at football. And I'm just be heads down. And I don't, I'm not here to make friends. It's a really weird kind of thought. You know, yeah. it's like a ninth grade. Because I didn't, I didn't like the, I didn't, I didn't like Westlake at that time. Yeah. Just because of all the things you would hear about it. Um, just how privileged they are. And I was, I was jealous in a lot of ways because I, I didn't have money. You know, my family didn't have money. Um, and we, I was on the low end of, of anybody that was in that school, but I was like, well, if, you know, I won't get noticed. I'm not going to get noticed being bad, but I can get noticed being great. And what sports. made that switch is just because you didn't want to go back to that other school or did somebody speak to you and say, this is, this is your chance to pull it together. You can do this. Where did, where did the, you know. I you drive know, to be I'll, better. I'll tell from. you when I when I went to Westlake and I walked on their field on the turf, and I felt like I was it was my coaches, and whenever I felt this, it felt like almost a year in the military. It was so strict in the way that you would you know just walk on, get on the field. I mean, you run on the field, you stand in a line, and then you follow exactly what the coaches say and tell you to do. And I just. I was like, well, I can do this. And I started doing this repetition of how we worked out. And um, those coaches were great. And they, I mean, I really owe a lot to them. They, they, they took the energy that I had and helped me to focus into a a really good regiment. And then that, you know, created this drive for me of like, okay, now I know I can use this and, um, and I didn't, I didn't have any urge to kind of go back. You know, you always, I didn't have any urge to go back to being, a, you know, 
a fighter or acting out to try to get attention. Found so the, so the program helped you direct it? Did it, they individually pull you aside and say, like have individual talks with you? Or is it more... Yeah, I had one coach there. Yeah, I had one coach who, who really helped me quite a bit. There, How was it trying to get like on the football team? Like, Was it like extra hard like training or whatever? Like, it was really difficult. It was very difficult. It was very competitive. And uh, I just... Uh, I knew if I was going to do it, I had to be, it's like, what am I, I can't catch. I wasn't great at catching. And I'm I like, what I can I do? Yeah. You're like, <laughs> okay, they put me a receiver. They throw a deep ball to me and I drop it. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to work. I'm like, well, I can run. I can run fast and I can hit hard. So I need to get fast and, you know, as strong as I can. So I just worked out, tried to get, you know, as strong as possible. And then, constantly worked on speed and agility and i'm like okay if i can just master these then i can i can be in a good spot i mean i wish i was bought better earlier on you know in mm-hmm. but you know towards once i got to my senior year it was hard to get a starting um position did you know that any oh because it wasn't like everybody makes a team right it's like they no they no. cut people too like yeah and you know i i i was on jv on my sophomore year and then I got to be on varsity my junior year. And I didn't get to actually start a game till the playoffs. And they put me, at, I think, a, as a strong safety in the playoff game. And I was all excited. I was like, yes. Nice. Drew had just got injured the game before that. That's when he tore his ACL. And then they're like, okay, tell me you're going to start. Because someone got, had gotten injured the previous game. And uh, we had warmed up, we had like practiced, and we knew what they were going to do the first play of the game. The first play of the game, they just throw it deep to this one receiver. What? And they, we, we all knew that's what they did, and we practiced it, practiced it. And then I, uh, I was just backpedaling, and I never got on my backpedal, and it just, it went all the way over my head. Oh. <laughs> and they scored. <laughs> Uh, and I was like, it was knew the, they were going to do this play. Yeah. And it was the worst. It was the worst. And then they pulled me and they took me out of the game. For the whole game? The whole game. Yeah, was, that, that was my, yeah, that was my, that was my one shot. And I, I got pulled and then I still could, could do kickoff and other things, but they, they pulled me. And then the same, th- that same year, um, I went to like, in track and field in the hundred, I was at quarterfinals and I came out in the hundred and I felt like it was like 70% of the race. And I felt like I wasn't going to win. And I gave up. I just, I just didn't run all the way through. And those two things happened to me. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, I was so mad that that happened in football. And I was so mm-hmm. mad in track. And that's when I came back and I was just like, okay, I'm going to push so hard and then and i went to state in the 100 meters for five now your senior year my senior year and then you know i really excelled as a starter um my senior year so you can have adversity you can get knocked down but you got i mean yeah. it's it, it was a tough environment you know it, it was um you had to <laughs> if you're not if you're not at your best then you're gonna get pulled and at least it was back then I mean, they, they might win four championships in a row this year They've won three championships and they're undefeated right now. State? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It is. It is. 
So I, I think, you know, going all the way back to like coaches and what, you know, you know kind of changes a person's mentality. I think it's, you have mentors and you have someone kind of helping, guiding you and, and channeling that, that energy and you're, you know, there's, as a, as a kid, you can, you can spend your wheels trying to do something your own way. It's always better to have someone guiding you down that path. That's why I like sports. Yeah. That if you don't have sports and, and it's positive things will always come out of bad things. If you let them right, bad things are going to happen period. But if you can find the positive in it or make a positive afterwards, that's what's important. Yeah. You know, he pushes himself really hard. You know, he's been go-kart racing. I love it. Second race. I'll show you the car after this. Oh, yeah. Nice. But tell you placed in your second race. That's and impressive. He was, he was keeping the kid that got in front of him really had to fight to get in front of him. And that kid's been racing for what, like five or seven years. Yeah. So the the spirit of competition is it's strong in him. And I, and I want him to know that he's, he's just, he doesn't back down from competition. And he likes it, and it's a good thing to have. It should be healthy. If you can aim it, you know, like you said, you know, healthy competition is awesome. You know, don't be afraid to compete and have fun with it, you know, without, you know, wrecking people, you know, as far as, like, mentally being ugly or stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. You can be good by being good, you know. And, you know, I think the people that are good are great at what they do. Um, Show respect to them and, and... you know, just like a, you, you have to learn from them and you get to see, well, how wise, why, why did he, why is he better? Is there a specific technique or is there something that I could do differently? Always kind of take in that information and think how it can change your strategy or change, you know. Yeah, that goes back to his data mind. He's collecting data. You see that? <laughs> so, especially yeah. for racing or anything, it's, well, that's it's all just, data. It's yeah. all data. How, yeah. you know, how are you hitting the percentage on this turn from yeah. here to here? What's your timing here? It's a ton, it's a tons of like we even have a chart or his book you know what were the tires at when was when was everything checked what happened in this date what was the follow up to that it's all this mm. now we have I'm interested I want to tell that story we're starting to collect data from what happens based on what we did to the cart that's cool and they say the further you get in you just have more data points to be checking between races every year just increases. And they're like you have. They told me like all the other dads like, you need to start writing everything down. Instead of waiting for something to happen, you need to preemptively have this collection of data to say mm. that we just did this maintenance. So this is what you need to do prior to this practice or this race. And then he goes, you have you have to keep track or you're not going to improve. Yeah, I'm like. I'm just figuring out how to fix this thing. <laughs> now I gotta have a chart. <laughs> so now we're gonna slowly build the spreadsheet and start, you know, recording it. Is there which a cheat I think sheet? Is good for him. Is there a cheat sheet of things you do, like start out where someone's like, yeah, Here, there's, these there's are like all the things. Basics, yeah, like yeah. the you know, the super basics is we're kind of in that range. You know, but you know, kind of checking off, do this prior to race, do this after a race, record times on the so mm. the next thing is get a tack that actually records like your speed on every corner you could do it for every track and so that they record that you load it to the computer and you say here's my weak points here's my strong points that's cool I so like that's that. the next that's the next level so you you would like all the, the oh, data yeah. that's included that's, or required really how much do you think it's the car or the driver mm, 
at least like in what I'm doing right now, the driver. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, that it's all about like experience and stuff, and mm-hmm. really like it's not like something you can really do in like a week or so, and earn even in a month. You know, even if you're practicing like um, twice a week for a whole like month or two or whatever, you know, it's all about like all the experience you have. If you've done it, if this is like, your first race or whatever, you know, you're not going to do as well as in five years of doing the same exact cart, the same exact track. Gotcha. But after five years of doing it, you know. So what made you, so you're already good. So what experiences do you think you had? That if it is the person, which I believe, you know, you, yeah. you can't, just, you know, you have to drive the car. I mean, the, the car is only going to yeah, get Yeah, and like the, in the, like, <laughs> I don't know, in F1 or whatever, the big, like, actual racing stuff, it's, I mean, at least used to be, it's always, the drivers are always included. It's never just the car, but like, mm-hmm. at least for them, you know, for us, we can't just buy a whole new engine all of a sudden or like have a different engine from him or he has a different. So, uh, like i don't know cars are all pretty yeah. much the same so and yeah. then what i'm doing every class. single car is the exact same mm-hmm. i mean about right and um but in like f1 and stuff like red bull is gonna have a honda engine mercedes is gonna have a mercedes engine mm-hmm. that's a huge difference mm-hmm. you know so like for them it's a little of the car but also you got to know how to do it like how to drive it you know but like it's always a little both, but I mean, yeah. yeah. I think if you think like think about all, um, think about sports, so you can think about um, baseball or tennis, yeah. um, racing cars, even playing poker. Some of the better ones. So everybody, um, the people that are at the top, kind of stay at the top. And you, you think, you know, why is that? Um, and it's a good, uh, it's a good. Uh, process to go through and go what 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 do they do that's differently different from everybody else yeah a lot of it's hard work dedication Mm -hmm. repetition strategy thinking how i how their skill set is different from everybody else and working on their strengths but it is interesting how you know in in competition Mm -hmm. the ones that are the best kind of stay stay up there Mm -hmm. and even going all the way back to drew it's like why did he, you know, why did he excel over everybody else? Said, well, what was it in him? Like when you said he was already practicing after practice or games, that drive to just continuously work on something is just, yeah. I think it's just in some people. Yeah. And you know, if they're putting in extra work on their own, they're just going to get good at, like you said, whatever they end up doing, they have the determination to say, you know what, that's, what everyone put in that amount of time that's not enough i'm gonna put in more because it's required mm-hmm. for their path and and these people that become the best they just they really do put in more hours more and they're more specific about what they're doing they're not just spending more time casually and when like, when they do that one thing that they practice while one person approaches it as something they're they're kind of learning in the moment it's second nature for that other person which means they do what they've trained over and over if it's that turn you're working on that turn well you've done that turn a hundred times and you know how you're going to lean or how you're going to push or what you're going to do yeah and 
it's just, you're already thinking about the next turn. You're thinking about the next opportunity. You're thinking about the next one because you've already kind of mastered that. So, you know, I think the ones that are the best at anything create more opportunities where things are second nature because they've they've worked on it so much and and everything's hard you know anything anything good is hard it's not (laughs) there's not many shortcuts in life unfortunately but you know getting to the top of you know sitting on a podium or getting to the top of the hill or you know whatever you 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 feel is the top um it always feels good especially if you really work hard for it yeah i feel like regardless of wanting to be like literally the best or be at the top, I think progress makes you feel good. Yeah. It didn't have to be the top. Yeah, it what is have it to, define? But I mean, yeah. if as long as you're making progress at whatever you're into, it just makes you feel good and keeps you moving, which pushes you further up the line, you know? So if you're at a stance and you're kind of bummed out, you're kind of mopey or you're you know, negative, it's because you're not making any progress towards something that you care about. Mm-hmm. You're stagnant, which makes us feel unhappy. Yeah. Any, like, you know, progress equals happiness, whatever you want to, however you want to look at it, but making progress, moving forward or learning more about something or working towards something just it makes you feel like, yeah, I'm on, I'm on this path of yeah. discovery. You know, I'm learning more, I'm getting better at whatever the thing is yeah yeah that's a good way to put it for sure no, but anytime i've been you know moody or whiny or whatever it's because i feel like i'm not i'm not using something in me at all like i feel like i've got some skills or i have some knowledge to share or whatever and i'm just doing nothing as soon as you kind of slow down you get a little moody yeah you know and then whenever you do excel and you get back like you learn something you teach someone whatever that was or you you're able to execute on what you learned it just puts you at least for me it puts me in a much better mood and i feel you know, like i've taken that knowledge and applied it and you know that that's happiness you know yeah you're always kind of working towards those feelings yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you something when we eat later after this that's very data centric Mm-hmm. That I want to get your feedback on. Yeah. But it's going to be offline. The internet okay. can't know yet. Sweet. It's it's, it's very cool. Uh, but I'll, sh- I'll show you a little thing. Nice. All right, Diego. Yeah, put in very good time. How long do you think we've been here? Take a guess. Hour. How long do you think? I'm going to go with an hour and 20. Very good, very good. An hour and 42 minutes. Oh, believe dang. it or not. Dang, this one's <laughs> flowing. See? Nice. I'm very proud of you, son. Thanks. You got some good chops. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. That was nice. <laughs> yeah. Well, I really That's appreciate fun. you coming and giving yeah. up your valuable time. I genuinely appreciate it. Well, it's it. easy easy to talk about myself when I <laughs> these, these kind of life experiences, but it's nice to, 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 to do this and especially apply it to anything that Diego's doing and yeah. kind of seeing how some of the things I've done, you know, could apply to you know your direction i can't wait to see your car it's gonna be yeah, yeah. Gonna check it out right now yeah all right, all right we'll take care and we'll have you back here sometime in the future yeah thank you appreciate it Thanks take care me. be healthy y'all oh.